0: welcome back to entertainment weekly's best of shows a weekly look at the best of television and the rest of television i'm darren franich a tv critic at entertainment weekly joining me as always fellow tv critic the brilliant kristen baldwin and kristen what another week after your awesome interview with pamela adlon in our last episode this week
1: you're talking to Jesus and miro I mean, no offense to my husband or child, but it might have been the greatest moment of my life, (laughs) getting to hang out with them and chat with them. We had such a good conversation. They were so much fun and like not at all rattled that um, I, a middle-aged white lady, was like a super fan girl because apparently they have a lot of fans in this demographic. Kristen, you and I, we're, you know, we've been around the block a few times.
0: We've we met all kinds of celebrities, not to brag, but, you know, we have. It comes to the territory. And I have to say, I'm not sure I've been as starstruck by anything as I was when you sent through a picture that you took with Jesus <laughs> and Miro. I, I, I had to kind of get up from my desk for a while. i just walk around because I was so excited about it. Uh, your chat with them is going to be later in this episode. We're also going to be talking about the new series, Euphoria, and Grand Hotel. Uh, but First, Kristen, let me just read you a list of names. Okay. Uh, it's an interesting list of names, and they're all going to be working together on something. The names are Chance the Rapper, Amy Mann, and Patty LuPone. What has united these uh, incredible musicians, you ask? Why, it's the Steven Universe movie arriving oh on Cartoon gosh. Network later this year. The lineup was just announced uh, as we're recording this today. Uh, I, I don't think I've forced you to watch Steven Universe yet. Have I, I Christine? don't think
1: you have. Um, and, you know, you never force me to watch anything. But, <laughs> no, this was, I, I've known very much, you know, how much you love Adventure Time. And uh, She-Ra. But Steven Universe, is it animated? I don't even know.
0: It is It, it is animated, yes. Uh, okay. It is sort of broadly a superhero story, a, a super team story. There's a lot of crystal gems and uh, quite a bit of music uh, created by the uh, show's creator, Rebecca Sugar. Uh, and I guess this movie is going to have a pretty wild lineup of people. You also got Estelle. You got Uzo Aduba. It's just going to be a great time for everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be uh, talking about that uh, later this year year. Now that we've discussed a delightful children's TV series, uh, (laughs) let's talk about something that is very much not that. Not that. Euphoria, which just debuted yesterday on HBO, created by Sam Levinson based on an Israeli series that uh, I've not seen, stars Zendaya as Rue, a teen struggling with drug addiction, by which I mean she's struggling with how many drugs to be addicted to. Uh, This is a kind of teen drama in the tradition of something along the lines of the Larry Clark movies. It is an incredibly beyond R-rated TV series mixed together drugs and sex and a lot of shots of private parts. So uh, many penises, Darren. Especially in episode two, and that kind of continues on in episode three. Um, But it's also attempting to be a very sensitive depiction of teen life in 2019. Um, Alongside Zendaya, you have an ensemble of different performers who each are playing characters who are exploring what seems to me like the outer extremes of the teenaged experience. Um, But one aspect of this show that I struggle with but am fascinated by is its argument that to be a teen in 2019 is to live in all the extremes. Uh, Mm -hmm. These are kids who are very much growing up on the internet. These are kids who seem to know more about sexuality thanks to pornography than anyone ever did uh, in the 20th century or earlier. There's a really interesting character named Jules, who is a very cheerful young trans girl played by Hunter Shaver, a new kid in school who befriends Rue. We could talk a little bit about the plots, Kristen, but I guess I just want to ask in a really broad level what your reaction was to the series premiere. Right. Because it's a lot. It, it is, is. I mean, I mean, you know, this is a show that begins with Zendaya's character in utero uh, and then very, very quickly mentions 9-11 almost <laughs> as an aside. It is good. Going for the kind of extremity that I'm not really sure we've even really seen in teen entertainment in, in a while, um, what was your feeling about the, uh, the uh, series premiere?
1: Well, I knew a little bit about it going into it. So I knew that it was going to be this very sort of graphic and boundary pushing look at teen life. And when you are a teenager, everything is extreme. Like your emotions are extreme. The stakes are always so high no matter what it is. So I do think that um, it does have a good... Handle on that. It's very focused on, you know, I don't even, are they millennials? I think they must be Gen Z at this point. And
0: they are definitely beyond millennials, although I will say some of the aspects of their lives feel like a millennial writing about teenagers, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yes.
1: And, you know, there's a lot made in the premiere that she was a baby born three days after 9 11. Her parents were sort of in this numbed state of shock, this new world order. And as a result, she becomes sort of over medicated, overdiagnosed by the doctors in suburbia and by her anxious parents, and that leads to her becoming sort of a depressed, drug abusing teen, which, you know, certainly is within the realm of possibility. My general reaction is I went in sort of with my guard up because I knew it was really trying to sort of taunt parents. You know, it's a veritable buffet of parental nightmares. You know, these kids are on drugs, uh, they're having sex, there's online bullying, there's rape, you know. So I went in feeling like you're not, you're not going to bait me Euphoria. I'm not going to be baited into outrage. And I'm a cool parent. I'm a cool parent. (laughs) I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. (laughs) But I wasn't baited into outrage because, you know, A, I was ready for it, but also I felt like there's a lot of sort of interesting storytelling happening and I thought Zendaya was great. It's an interesting role
0: for her and in in some respects, I would kind of frame her performance in the kind of grand tradition of Disney stars who break very, very bad on Mm -hmm, screen mm -hmm. once they reach a certain age. Um, But I I, I kind of find that one of the more interesting aspects of the show is that it is kind of attempting to be this larger ensemble. There's also um, Sydney Sweeney, who a lot of people will will recall uh, from The Handmaid's Tale. She played the character Eden Season two uh, was also great, and everything sucks. The first episode focuses a little bit on her character and on this sort of, you know, swirling gossip about her. It's a tricky mix, Kristen, because and I don't know how to say this without just saying it, the show can feel a little porny yeah. in the wrong way to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the the creator, Sam Levinson, also made the movie Assassination Nation, which uh, came out last year, which is like a very extreme and kind of exasperating version of a modern-day teen drama. And I, I think that he's very much interested in kind of pushing these buttons in, in a way that can feel a little exploitative. Um, yeah. and, and so I, I struggled, to uh, struggled a little bit with that. There's the Eric Dane character who, oh, in the first episode, has a like truly horrifying assignation with jewels. And that scene, to me, I, I, that was the one part where, as someone who was about to be a parent, I kind of found myself being like, huh, like I don't know, this seems to be a little off, and this seems to be more sort of um, interested in just getting a rise out of me than actually being true to the characters. Um, and th- there's more sort of twists to come with that corner of the show. At the same time, I, I, I I am very intrigued with just the willingness of this show to push the, to push so many buttons. It right. feels, in, in a strange way, like um, a kind of spiritual sequel to Tell Me You Love Me, the kind of really oh. explicit uh, relationship show that that, uh, that HBO had um, several years back. I mean, that show was better, I think, and a little more sober and human in its depiction of people living through these kind of, in that case, sexual extremes. Here on this show, you know, a little bit of everything. I kind of went back and forth on it. Were there characters uh, in the episodes that you watched, that kind of jumped out to you as being an example of the show doing it, doing the right thing, or kind of living its best self.
1: I did feel like this was a show, unlike, let's say, a Harmony Kareem movie like *Kids*, which I felt like is just is just purely there to be graphic and blunt and shocking. I felt <laughs> like this had more uh, humanity. To it. Mm -hmm. And I thought that Zendaya, she is, um, yes, she's a Disney star, but I do think that she really did a great job almost like uh, suppressing her charisma in this role. Like she's definitely not like, I'm a big shiny Disney star trying to play. I felt, you know, that she gave a very authentic. Performance, So it didn't feel as sort of paint by numbers, like this is my career trajectory now. Like now I'm going to try to do something dark and it's, you know, I'm still going to be a Disney star.
0: There's some real great material between her and, and Jules. Oh, and for I, sure. I, I, and I do think that like in a way, you know, the series premiere, you know, there's the big kind of party scene where, you know, there are scenes where for no apparent reason, a lot of high school buddies are just hanging out shirtless. You know, those are the things that, was that weird. feel... weird. Like
1: do straight boys do that? Do they just uh, hang out? Out shirtless? Well, I, I mean, tweet at us and listen, tell us. Please yeah, do
0: that. I don't know. I mean, you know, I I find that like the older I get, the more that you know, there's this tricky back and forth with shows about high schoolers or shows about kids, where sometimes I'm just like, that's not how it was at all, and then yeah. sort of like Pen Fifteen comes along, which is so obviously about my generation. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah, like that was completely it. So I, I I I do worry about overpraising or underpraising something for that. I never really hung out shirtless with my pals, but then again, uh, you know, if I had you probably. The, also weren't watching porn on your phones. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And and, you know, if I had the bodies of some of the dudes in in Euphoria, perhaps I would have, because if you got it, flaunt it. Um, After this sort of big party scene, which again is just so over the top, and there's like sex in the pool, and yada yada yada, the first episode really kind of ends with Rue and and Jules sort of befriending each other. And yeah, from there, I do think that both of those performers are just really so fun together. Um, You know, Zendaya has some really great moments as the series goes along. In episode three, this is not a huge spoiler, there's this kind of dream sequence where she's essentially giving a uh, sort of classroom presentation on, I think I can just say this, on dick pics. Oh, Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, that's a little bit after, as as you were kind of describing, after a, a few episodes of her really kind of just living and breathing in this character who in narration can be really sharp and funny, but who in, you know, actual kind of lived performance can seem really, you know, grim and, and really struggling with something. That kind of dream sequence is her just really having fun. And yeah. I I I like stuff like that. I like any kind of show that's willing to be such a laboratory going in so many in so many different directions. Episode three also has a great scene with Coleman Domingo, at which point oh. the whole show kind of went to another level for me.
1: <laughs> the one character that I'm cautiously interested in, but I'm also worried about, so that's probably good, um, is Nate. Uh, Mm. He's played by Jacob Lordy, and he's a jock molded in the same toxic masculinity image as his father, which is a reveal who his father is. So, And we get to know him a little bit more in, in episode two, and we get to know his backstory, and he's a very disturbing and disturbed character. But I I do think it's interesting that this show is trying to look at what not just, you know, all the sex and the drugs and the, you know, the access to porn and everything, you know, how hedonistic it can be for teens, but also how overwhelming and damaging it can be for their worldview about just everything else, you know, and I think he's a good example of that.
0: Yeah, he's the character that I think I struggled with the most just because he is a like model gorgeous person who is experiencing a lot of like, you know, deeply violent and deeply disturbing things. And those are the aspects of the show that initially I struggled with the most. This this kind of feeling of, you know, I'm going to put the glossiest gloss on stuff that is NC-17. yeah, And yet, um you know, Kristen, it's kind of the numbness that you're talking about that really comes across so much as the show goes along. There are lot of scenes of him in the third episode where he's just kind of constantly texting with someone um, and kind of ignoring the life around him as a result. And I I, I just found that to be really really interesting how the show does try to kind of capture you know what is it like and this is not just true for teenagers This is true for a lot of adults now I think also you know what is it like when on your phone or on the internet there's this whole other life that is kind of calling to you to the extent that you kind of even start to ignore uh, the life that you're living so there's there's just that all that interesting stuff kind of like flowing along through the show I'm fascinated to know how people react to it because again it is just so extreme in its
1: content so Even many as penises. Tr- like, yes. literally, I can't stress that enough. Like, yeah. so many penises.
0: I mean, like, like, do you think, Kristen, like, is that... I, I mean, I, I I get the sense that, like, the eggplant emojis are basically what everybody is going to be talking about with yeah. this. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I kind of wound up feeling like it was all okay just to the extent that... It, it did seem to try to be getting at the question of what happens when, as a kid or even as an adult, you're just bombarded by yeah. this sort of port, this sort of pornographic I- extremity all all the time. And so I didn't have a huge issue with it, but that to I me, like, it, how did you?
1: Well, I think the the point was, you know. For me, somebody in her 40s, I'm like, oh, my God, all those penises. And, you know, <laughs> what what is the world coming to? Whereas, you know, for these kids, as you said, the show is sort of saying like this, you know, they get dick pics all the time. Like this is not. And that's, I think in part you know the show is speaking to these kids you know hoping to present something to them that will feel very real um, but also I think it is trying to shock us in a in a way you know out of our like, shock us by saying this isn't shocking to them. And so mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, the P- the Parents Television Con- Council, which is just, you know, sort of this ridiculous watchdog group has already issued a warning about this show. And that's exactly what the show wants in some ways. Yeah. But I don't think this show is here just to, you know, put teens in um, suggestive and sexual situations for just to be pornographic. I think, mm-hmm. you know, there it's hard to you know, it's also, as you said, a little pornographic, but there's a reason behind it. So I'm not I'm not willing to go out, you know, I'm not willing to say like this show is something that everybody should watch, but I also don't think it's something that needs to be condemned right out of the gate.
0: Yeah, I will say, Kristen, watching this show reminded me a little bit of that Sex and the City episode where they meet the kind of like teenagers in New York yes. who have these extremely like you know for for the time who seem to have these really like explicit and over the top dramatic lives, and you know everyone on Sex and the City kind of realizes, oh, I'm so glad that I'm not a kid today. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not a kid today. Is my oh. general <laughs> feeling about this. Me too.
1: (laughs) Like, I will take old any day.
0: Social media would not have made my teen life any better is no. the lesson oh learned God. from Euphoria. I uh, literally am
1: show- just like praying. I'm thankful every day to uh, whatever God you pray to and the God I pray to that I don't have a daughter after watching <laughs> this show too. Like, oh my God. Not that it's going to be easy to raise a son either, but
0: damn. <laughs> well, Fred will be fine. He's watching a lot of Adventure Time. Yes, uh, he is. Euphoria is airing on Sundays. Definitely want to hear what everybody thinks about this show that seems to demand extreme reactions for its extreme content. Uh, we, we will take a, a quick break right now. And we, when we come back, we will talk about a slightly more lighthearted, uh, sexy, sexy uh, TV show.
1: Raise your hand if you hate shopping for a bra. I do. But here's some good news. 3rd Love. 3rd Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and a premium feel. They have more sizes than most other brands, more than 70, including their signature half cup sizes. And here's the best part, you can skip the trip. You find your fit with 3rd Love's online Fit Finder, order and try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. So the Fit Finder quiz is... All you have to do is answer a few simple questions and you find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's fun and takes less than a minute to complete. And there's a 100% fit guarantee. You have 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need so it won't go to waste. And it's hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own. The straps won't slip, and it has tagless labels, so no itching, and it's lightweight and super thin. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com EWBest now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com EWBest for 15% off today.
0: wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com
1: slash biscuits and jam. And we're back, Darren. Uh, And we're going to talk about another new show this week. This one is much more, uh, I would say, you know, slightly more family friendly and definitely more fun (laughs) than Euphoria. (laughs) Uh, You know, Grand Hotel premieres Monday, June 17th at 10pm on ABC. And it's based on a Spanish drama, uh, which you can view on Netflix, I believe, Grand Hotel. And this version stars Damien Bashir as Santiago Mendoza. He's a gravel voiced patriarch of the luxurious Riviera Grand Hotel in Miami. Unbeknownst to his family, including his second wife, Gigi, played by Rosalind Sanchez, his business-minded daughter, Alicia, played by Denise taunts and his layabout Lothario son, Javi, played by Brian Craig, the hotel is hemorrhaging money. And Santiago's dubious financial arrangements may have led to a murder during a hurricane? Ooh. Question mark? Adding to the soapy drama, a maid, played by Ann Winters, uh, whose unplanned pregnancy causes big problems for management. (laughs) And an upstairs downstairs romance between Alicia and a handsome waiter with a secret named Danny, played by (laughs) Question Question Mark. Question mark question mark. Played by Lincoln (laughs) Eunes. And it's exec produced by uh, Eva Longoria, who knows what's up, and she makes an appearance in, I believe, episode two or three, and she um, she knows what's up. She knows what's soapy and good, and I thought this show was a perfect summer show to DVR and just binge whenever you need something to uh, lighten the mood. What did you think, Darren? Kristen, this is
0: such a fun one, and your description of it as a summer show is so accurate. There is a kind of quality to this series where it almost feels like it is an intentional throwback just because it is, you know, it is sudsy, it is set in an expensive location, there are scenes on Miami Beach, everyone is beautiful, everyone is uh, keeping a secret from each other, everyone is flirting all the time. Um, You know, if I had to sort of describe the concept of the show, it's kind of love boat meets bloodline, which it turns out is like a combination that I really, really enjoy. Um, And I just think that right from the start, there's a sort of really fun and just kind of, you know, fast-paced and cheerful aspect to Grand Hotel. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned that there is this kind of ongoing mystery mm-hmm. around, you know, the disappearance of this employee at the hotel. Um, the first episode, though, is also just like kind of a combination of a little bit of everything. You have a wedding that's about to happen. You, know, you kind of have the the blending of the Mendoza family and, you know, two stepsisters who have their own kind of internal drama. I- I'm, I'm such a Sucker, Kristen, for any show about a family business Uh, because, because, I mean, in a sense, it it just immediately kind of offers such a raft of cool storytelling possibilities. Everything is kind of weighted with extra meaning, whether it is the business part of the show, whether it's the family part of the show. And yeah, you know, there is this sort of quality to the series uh, that feels very much in keeping with the spirit of Eva Longoria's work previously, both on screen and in her producing work. It's just really fun. And and the sort of summer aspect of it, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't even
1: realize that there were still summertime network shows. I know. you know. <laughs> Pour one out for mistresses, which I think if you liked mistresses, which a lot of people did, um, you know, this could be your new sort of cheesy summer soap. And look, I love a nighttime soap. I um, am a big defender of uh, of that genre, I think that it should get more respect. I think Aaron Spelling was a freaking genius and he should get more, even more respect for uh, what he did in TV. And so, you know, I love something a little silly and lighthearted. And, and if it, if the networks will do it In the summer, great, you know? And Mm -hmm. I mean, this show, (laughs) we were slacking about it. There's, so it's this big hotel. I believe it's the show filmed at the Fontainebleau Hotel in Miami, which is a real landmark and a beautiful place. And uh, so it's this big fancy hotel and all the hotels on the strip in Miami are being sort of taken over by corporations. And so can this, boo. (laughs) So can this family run hotel, uh, stay in business. Unfortunately, dad has gotten involved in some, uh, uh, you know, so much some shady business dealings, which we're not even really sure what what type of shady, but we just know they're shady. Is it the mob? Who can say? Is it drug dealers? Who can say? Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. It's shady. Anyway, so uh, there's a rapper who. Uh, oh, my God. You, I know you L- love the Ray. rapper. El Ray, played by. Carlos Canela. He he ends up, um, you know, factoring into the show, into the uh, hotel and their fu- financial future. And he's just like this absurd, over-the-top, like, needy and ridiculous celebrity character who, again, I love it. You know? Oh, it's,
0: it's so fun. I mean, and, and Kristen, by the way, the, his proper name is El Rey, the King of Miami. You yep. have to say his full. But no, and, and even, you know, his, his role of the show, I've, I've seen the first two episodes, which, again, episode one has a wedding, episode two, as a concert both end like with a riotous and hilarious sequence yeah, um, of just disaster <laughs> of, of, total, of total disaster that immediately gets glossed over there's a hurricane I mean there's just it, it feels to me as if uh, you know you, you kind of mentioned the work of Aaron Spelling and you know that's the kind of material that I think like so often now if it's kind of conjured up at all on TV sometimes it's done in a very self-aware fashion mm-hmm. or it's kind of done as a, as a parody and there's some Something deep down, very sincere about this show that I really enjoy. The character Alicia, um, in the the first episode, she's kind of returned to the hotel where she was raised. She gets some, she gets some disturbing information. She's hanging out in a pool. This is how she meets the hot waiter Danny. And there's just a scene where, like, you know, he takes his shirt off, and of course, he has a like thirty pack of muscle. And it's just, (laughs) I, I don't know. There's such a kind of odd sweetness to its totally over the top qualities that I do really really enjoy
1: i do too and i mean i think um you know there's a lot of like uh danny the waiter who has a secret he's you know driving (laughs) the mystery and so there's a lot of like oh i've got to break into this office and how am i going to do it and so i've got to create a distraction there's just like a lot of sort of (laughs) caper goofiness and like um and but you know also that he is he truly you know having feelings Uh, For Santiago's daughter, is he using her for, you know, so there's... It's complicated, Kristen. It's complicated. It it is. You know what? But it's also like you don't have to think. And sometimes after a hard day of watching TV for a living, I want to come home and watch some TV where I don't have to think. I mean, all all of the stuff with you mentioned
0: that, that there's a maid who has gotten pregnant, yes! and everything, everything with that plot line is just so charming. And that is, I mean, that is something that you know, uh, on the sort of overall diagram of the show and the family and their struggles to keep the hotel afloat, like the, the pregnant maid should theoretically be like the Z plot show, but just whenever it cuts back to it, it's so entertaining. Yeah. I do think that uh, I do think that th- th- there is a kind of playful out of time quality, as you mentioned. The Mendoza's Hotel is the last family-owned hotel on the Strip. Yeah, there are these kind of you know there are these conversations about like oh, Sinatra played here back in the fifties, and so you know it's such a knowing throwback. I think in a time of like super corporatized hotels, to have this sort of beautiful Shangri La where it is the sort of home of this family, and they're getting into scrapes each week, and it's just it's it's it's, it's remarkably endearing, and I, I do hope the people discover it because obviously the, the, there's always kind of a concern. With any network show that winds up being on in 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 the
1: summer, I do think it's a good time slot right after The Bachelorette. So, um, you know, I they obviously know their audience, um, and I think it, you know, but it is something you, you could also just DVR season pass, and then because I think it is the kind of show that would really make for a nice summer when there's a lot of reruns on or just other reality that maybe that you're not interested in. I mean, I don't know what I'm I'm going to do this summer, Darren, because. Love Island is going to be on five nights a week. The UK Love Island is going to be on Hulu. Big Brother is going to be on. Bachelor in Paradise is going to be on. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to find the time and just say goodbye to my friends and family.
0: And it's, it's funny, Kristen, you bringing up all those shows, because I was kind of thinking that this show pairs really well with the new season of Below Deck Mediterranean, which <laughs> yes. is uh, on on constant repeat in my household. And I think that's another thing that I really appreciate about Grand Hotel is that it kind of fills a niche in TV programming that I think in a lot of ways reality TV has taken over in yeah. the last 10, 15 years. You know, in a lot of ways, um, a lot of the kind of modern day docu-soaps and dating Competitions in their own strange way, they kind of scratch the Aaron Spelling itch. And, and yeah, I, I no, like a lot of so those. true. so true. And, 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 you know, I like a lot of those shows. I really like Below Deck. That, that's been a recent discovery for me, and I could go off on that for hours. But, uh, you know, that sort of like wacky, silly, fun, sexy, getaway vacation series, I, I, it's great to see Grand Hotel. It is kind of doing that and doing the extra work of actually inventing the stories, not just getting a lot of sex idiots together on screen to do... <laughs> ludicrous things for not very much money. I'm so charmed by it, Kristen. I am too. And I really, I didn't expect to be. Because I I remember the trailer for this debuted, I think, over a year ago now. I, I, I recall uh, us kind of talking about it. And, you know, the trailer was very fun. It made it look like, you know, sex hotel, basically. Um, <laughs> and and in, in, in a lot of ways, you know, what we've seen so far just kind of really both lives up to that and goes way beyond that description.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm pro Eva Longoria. So I want her to succeed and I hope that uh, she'll be fine either way let's be honest but I do hope that uh, people find this because I think she's got a really good instinct for uh, what uh, makes compelling TV
0: Grand Hotel airs Mondays after The Bachelorette as you said Kristen we have to take a quick break but when we come back
1: enough of me you're hanging out with Jesus and Miro Rothies are the everyday flats for life on the go They're stylish, comfortable, and go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. They've quickly become a most-loved, gotta-have-them brand thanks to their wide range of colors and patterns, with new ones launching constantly, and there's zero break-in period. Since Rothy's are crafted using 3D knitting techniques and hand assembly, their seamless design means right-out-of-the-box comfort. Best of all, they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. That's right, over 25 million water bottles have been diverted from landfills to make these gorgeous and sustainable shoes. Another major bonus, they're fully machine washable, so your pair will be fresh and ready every laundry day. Plus, Rothy's always come with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. There's no risk and no reason not to try. You'll quickly discover why BuzzFeed called them their forever shoes. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash cadence. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com. That's rothy scom slash cadence, C-A-D-E-N-C-E, today. I'll be honest, Podega Hive, I was pretty worried about Desus and Nero moving from Viceland to Showtime. Could the duo adapt their freestyle banter for a much larger audience and in a much more corporate setting? Thankfully, the answer is yes. Desis and Mero, now airing Mondays and Thursdays at 11 p.m. on Showtime, keeps everything you love about the Bodega Boys and brings you great new additions like their Home Turf series with presidential candidates and Man on the Street interviews and their EGOT quest with guests like John Legend and Lin-Manuel Miranda. I sat down with Desis and Mero in their Showtime office and I basically didn't stop laughing for the whole interview. Let's listen. I want to talk about the transition to Showtime. You've been on Showtime, what, a little uh, more than three months. How do you guys feel it's going so far?
2: Great. Like hitting the stride, you know what I mean? Like when you start off and it's like something very, you know, you're scaling up a lot, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like In terms of like production value and like staff and people around you and like the infrastructure. And I feel like we just are hitting – that groove really well like the past couple episodes i mean the fact you just said we've been on there for three months i had to do the math in my head i was like have
3: we really like yeah because uh what episode was that last night it was like episode 20 20, that's why because the grind on the last channel we were just banging them out banging them out banging them out like this one it doesn't feel like that same grind so it's just like you lose track of them like they're just like you come in you have fun and you don't even realize you're recording
1: uh and it seemed like you guys made some adjustments early on even like from the first to the second show um like the audience I think got a little smaller and I like that you guys chat more with your producer now. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about our beards. <laughs> 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 our beards. You're not, not supposed, supposed to talk about <laughs> Our beards
3: changed dramatically beard, like, from the first look, Our beards were like, 90% of the Showtime budget went towards darkening our beards for the first episode. <laughs> so it just looked absolutely ridiculous. And we had like wild. Lego snap-on beards.
1: <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. Why did they darken your beard? It was
2: like just filling in. It just, was just like hood barbership but like <laughs> yeah. he went really overboard. He went, did it too much. Like you see where my natural beard liner they were like, like
3: you were nah, like... you're getting four inches on each side, and like nobody at Showtime. They were like, is that how y'all normally look? And I was like, But I no, guess. we did make some adjustments. Yeah. We actually moved the audience closer to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like literally, they could reach out and touch us so you get the interaction, that yeah. energy. We've changed some of the camera angles. Like, we've changed, you know, we do the interviews yeah. outside of the studio at Milk Studios. Yeah. You know, it's one of the few shows where I've seen there's like, it's fluid and it can just change. Like, if we see yeah. something and we don't like it, boom we just change it next week when and we, we don't were have to go through like a million meetings to do it like yeah. we can just change stuff on the fly but i was when gonna s-
1: ask you what your process is yeah. do you just decide after the show or how does that when
2: work? when we first started putting everything together like f- literally like initial steps like the word that kept coming around was malleable mm-hmm. and having the show have a malleability to it where it wasn't just like yo this is what you're gonna get every single week. Right. What what you're gonna get every single week is like us talking about current right issues or whatever and whatever is like you know out there in the site guys, which is what people love. But then like the the bells and whistles, like the production value mm-hmm. stuff. Like you might get a sketch a week, you might not. You right. might get a, a in studio interview that week, you might not. You might get an out of studio interview. You might get a man on the street yeah. piece. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. so, there's like so many different things that we can do now. That we have like you know a bigger budget right. and like stuff like that that we weren't previously able to do and we can like kind of like spread our wings a and little more. And the beauty of it is,
3: uh, it's Jesus Merrill. This show never existed before us, yeah. so it's not like we're filming right. something. It's right. not like a tonight show. Tonight or, show or, like or something. If we wanted tomorrow, to just say. F it and throw the whole set away and just do the show two street in the street with two chairs. We could do that. I'm sure Showtime wouldn't be too happy about that, <laughs> but that's just the, the creative right. control we have on the show. Yeah.
1: I want to talk about the remotes and everything, but first, I really got to go back to the beards. Like after that, <laughs> or, like when you were in the makeup chair, were you guys like,
3: guys, like"? And did like? like, I was like, "Does it looks normal to you?" Oh yeah, and I he was, was like, like okay. yeah, I'm gonna... "Did I you know, guys good. feel
1: like not?" like you didn't feel empowered to speak up and be like, that's not my you face. You know what?
3: it wasn't that. It was just, it's the first show. You're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Showtime, I mean, that was like AOC, the last, like, like yeah, right. you feel me? Like, yeah. uh, we had as a first guest. Then we look, and I'm just like... Oh. I mean, just the, it was like the opposite of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. now game of Thrones is too dark. It was just like, what's our faces? We can see
2: shadows. like, face the battle, oh, what is going on? Are we on there? unlockable characters in this game? <laughs> like, that we haven't unlocked yet? It? just like, but no, then we, and
3: then, like, I think the the moment our lawyer was just
2: like, your beards are too dark. She said that, was
3: like, no. It was like, all right. Okay, and she's very, know. like,
2: a nice, gentle yeah. woman. Shout <laughs> out to Victoria. <laughs> cook. She's very nice and, like, whatever. And she was just like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, to no, no, yeah, no, no.
1: Okay. Good. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, so I love the remotes that you're doing you know Man on the Street and like the EGOT mission mm-hmm. and, yeah. and all that what do you guys like about doing those types of remotes those are
3: fun because yeah. like for example the EGOT is like we went to a play we went to a theater and we we're just fooling around and riffing with Lin-Manuel yes and I whole uh of, what is it Babe Ruth was Dominican like that wasn't scripted we're just riffing and coming up with that <laughs> yeah. that's something he's been saying on Twitter forever. <laughs> like, I, like I literally
2: I pushed up this tweet today it was like we, we were at, when we were at MTV I was bored and I had like a little notepad and I wrote Babe Ruth is Dominican signs Robinson Cano, president of, yeah. the, of the Dominican Republic. It's and something
3: like. we, do, we do, we do it a lot on the podcast yeah. to actually just blow it out the frame. And it's always like, we always joke on the podcast back before we had the resources, we were just like, Hamilton was good, but when when are we going to make our Hamilton? Yeah. So to actually make this play with Lin-Manuelo, yeah. he's cracking up. And he's everyone we do it with, it gives us a chance to take people out of their element and they're yeah. not so serious. So right. with John Legend, you know, John Legend not super serious, but He's right. John Legend yeah. doing that song with us, yeah, just like yes. so much fun. He was He's having the time of his life. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, it's just. I think people like seeing us in those situations and the energy we get just being outside the studio and just interacting with these people we never thought we'd be right. in the same
1: room. It's yeah.
2: just so much fun, and they know us. That's yeah. that's the wild part too. It's like we step in a room and John Legend's like, "Man, I love you guys, man." Like you know, or whatever. Like it's just wild to be like. In the same, like, you know, yeah, the same spirit, you know, stratosphere, right? As those p- types of people,
1: and I liked how serious he took it, in <laughs> that you wanted to do a song about. Eating, eating butts, butt. yeah. and then he was like, "Okay, but let's work let's, on yeah. A yeah. euphemism."
2: Because he's
3: John Legend, <laughs> well, and he true. wants to like you know smooth it out. And he mean? wants to like, stay on Disney friendly channel Yes, exactly. So I completely understand
1: that. Um, so you guys are now on twice a week yes. for the summer, yeah. and I read that you guys actually went to the network and asked, "Could we do more shows per yeah. week?" Can we you? We went very
3: nicely though. We, yeah. yeah, we, we didn't, didn't go there, there like and yo, and so so you coward, give us another night.
2: Or we fuck you up. I got,
3: I got all the master copies of Billions. I'm burning I'll right burn. now. Yo,
2: I <laughs> got Paul Giamatti locked in my basement. No, I'm not letting just, him out
3: I think <laughs> the problem was uh, The fans on Twitter Were just like Yo we love the show It's not yeah. enough Because they were used yeah. To four nights a yeah. week And then the, also the problem Originally we wanted To be two nights a week And it was just like Alright that might Let's see if you can Handle that right, pace. Right. But also it's like If something happens On Saturday or Sunday Or Monday or Tuesday Or Wednesday You we you don't want to wait Until Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it might be Too old to talk yeah. about and Especially right. in this Twitter culture Like stuff falls out Of the news cycle In like, in like twelve hours, hours right? or yeah. even Faster than that yeah. So it gives us Two chances to catch up On stories for the week people really like it the stories are fresh and new and say something like a story gets bigger like from the Monday episode mm-hmm. to the Thursday episode we can talk about it like the David Ortiz thing we talked about that on Monday and it yeah. was like heartbreaking and oh, yeah. and oh, you know, man a national hero now we found Find out. out
2: it's like a telenovela yeah <laughs> he, right? you you like, yo. Yo. he was having sex with a drug kingpin's little girlfriend and, and, and <laughs> his two girlfriends were fighting in front of the hospital while his wife pulled up in her car and now I'm and sure Mrs. Obama, Obama like, reversed that tweet where he was like he's a national hero <laughs> like oh,
3: nah, nah, <laughs> uh,
2: uh, and, but to me being a Dominican I'm like he's a national hero I'm like yo you got Two girls fighting while you're fighting for your life. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? It that's, that's, the that's the goals, right? <laughs> wife <laughs> was gonna hear me and be like this and be like, Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> really?
3: Get <real> soon, <laughs> big poppy. <laughs> you know
1: what I'm and you know, one of the things I loved about the Viceland show is like you guys could spend ten minutes talking about how Mark Zuckerberg would drink a glass of water. Yeah. Um, but then initially in this show it felt like the bits were a little s- shorter, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. then you did lengthen them. Yeah. Like it seemed like did It was
2: you- it was just reps. Like yeah. it was just kind of repetition and, and seeing what worked and what didn't and like Going back to the malleability of it, like, yeah. we, we didn't lock in and say, like, this is what it's going to be for, you know, the 30 episode order or whatever it was. We're sticking to this. There's no room for a change. Yeah. It was just kind of like working, working, working. OK, this hit you know yeah. what I mean like let's keep this also because when we
3: first started and we were only one day a week we were trying to fit as much content in and it right. was like right. you know like it's like oh it was a quick bit but people were like no let the let it breathe yeah, you yeah. Know, extend it so like having the two nights a week also helps with that you can mm-hmm. go longer with the bits right. and if some, what happens a lot of times is we'll actually have sketches or other things that we want to put in the show and there's like you guys went really long in the A block and it's really good so we're just actually going to hold that. off. Yeah. Yeah. We have like three sketches that maybe will never air because they're just like, could y'all just stop doing jokes in the <laughs> A block? And I was yeah. like, yeah, we'll see.
2: But, yeah. but the good thing about the sketches too is that they like, the ones that haven't aired are pretty evergreen right. so we could just drop them in at any point and yeah. that's the great thing too. It's like, we're, we've become really good at doing stuff that like we can can mm-hmm. and then put in, right. you know what I mean? Because like some, like not every week is going to have like major like some amazing news. stories. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so you, you're you going to have to put in some of that, you know, extra frosting on top. But right. at the same time,
3: we're able to turn around super quick like the Puerto Rican Day parade bit. We shot that the day before it aired. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Just okay. turn around real quick. And it was just like, You don't have to write a script for that. It's like get three Puerto Rican flags and go to Savannah, Harlem (laughs) You know what I mean? that's it (laughs) Like returning people away on this. They're like, "Are you going to interview me? I'm the most Puerto Rican Puerto Rican ever." I'm like, "Okay, I'm
2: Daddy Yankee's godfather."
3: I'm like, "All right, we've interviewed twenty people already, but all right, one more. Oh sure, it's only a minute long. All right,
2: fine, Mark Anthony, you can come. Fine, okay. People
3: like, can you? How long are you guys gonna be here? My grandmother lives in Puerto Rico, but she's on the plane right now. She really loves you guys. It's wild.
1: The first half of the show, like you said, it's you guys riffing, and it does seem off the cuff but mm-hmm. i think that's part of your genius is probably that like obviously it's hard work to make it seem off the cuff but like what is the balance of like improvise versus things that you've worked out in advance <laughs> There's nothing There's a, the, the only <laughs> thing that's
2: the only thing that's written and you can tell it's like we're reading off the prompt is just the setup the intro, of whatever yeah. we yeah. am talking about There's, and like, even this that. happened on friday and blah blah, blah and yeah. we'll even like ad lib that yeah. or audible yeah. that like the and the like, writers kind of make
3: the initial statements vague, so we don't know what's coming. So you're okay. getting an actual yeah. real reaction because they they don't let us see the clips that we're gonna see. Oh, yeah. that's so great! So we don't have okay. any time to like come up with jokes. That, what you see, okay. uh, that's right there. Yeah. We're coming up with those. those like this real couple
2: reactions. got married in North Dakota last Friday, and they blew it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so now it's like, like, like you blew what it. What, what is, is, the couple, is that? The a, a pun? <laughs> or something? Yeah. Like what's going on here? And then when you find out, and that's when you get the yo.
1: You know what I mean? Like what? Right. Um, and so what, how do you work with the writers? Like, cause that's different for mm-hmm. you guys, right? You didn't have writers right. at Viceland. Like what, yeah. what, what, how do you work together? Going
2: back to the malleability of it. Yeah. Like, and they're very used to like being, cause we have people that have like SNL pedigrees and mm-hmm. like other type of like real like writer's room. Like we're going to sit down and beat this out line yeah. by line and that's not how we work. So like we had to kind of like come together and find that happy medium and do like what I like to call like the the curb type style, mm-hmm. whereas it's like they're really good at structuring stuff, and we're really good off the cuff. So when okay. you mix those things together, you get great shit. Like the like the Amy Poehler bit, mm-hmm. like you know uh, the Greenest Book and stuff like that, where we just like we have our script. And it's just like, it's beats. It's like, okay, right. you're in the car right. traveling to here. Yeah. What's your conversation? Okay. You know what I mean? And, and like, not
3: only that, the writers, they listen to the podcast and then like you know. they'll take ideas from it and blow it and up the water. Up. Okay. And they'll make it bigger and then they'll bring it to us and we're like, oh, well, I wouldn't say that. Change this or change this location. But it works perfectly because all the writers are people we know in real life and okay. get along with, so they get our sensibility. Right. They know what we would say, what we wouldn't say, and yeah. like they come up with some wild ideas. And even sometimes we're like, okay, like, <laughs> 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 like we all want to yeah. have jobs, but no, they get us perfectly. Well, so
1: yeah. they really set you up and like just give you, you know, uh, I, I was about to try to use a sports analogy, like put the ball on <laughs> the tee, <team>. like,
2: yeah, <laughs> and just smack yes. it on the park.
1: And then I lost lost it because I don't understand sports. Sports ball. <laughs> Sport very much sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that you're interviewing all the 2020 pre- presidential candidates home turf when possible. Um how did that come about and like are you is what are the conversations like with these campaigns? I mean, do they know like are they familiar with you guys or what's yeah. this like you know
3: after the Viceland show people we were on people's political radar after having like Eric Holder yeah. on yeah. and then you know like people were just like you have to do D's and Mero. you have to do the, and it was not like yo if you want the black vote you have yeah. to do D. it was like no this is a cool show and there's a certain credibility that comes with it if your candidate can hang out with us and not right. look super corny yeah. or doesn't look like scary. a
2: robotic <laughs> fu- like I have seven talking points I have reached my limit Yeah, <laughs> malfunction malfunction <laughs> malfunction can I talk about childhood. Do not know what favorite sandwich is. Ah.
3: So like you know when we mean, met like? with so to meet with like Kirsten Gillibrand because yeah. we had her on the Viceland show. Yeah. And she immediately was like yo I have to be on your new show. That, that was a no brainer. Cory Booker, yeah. Mayor Pete. And it's just like they know they never come in like listen he's not doing this. He's right. not doing They know they have to do what we want them to do. Yeah. I
1: mean, didn't he drink a 40 out on the park? You yeah. know, what? 40 was actually a uh,
3: high-end...
2: single malt scotch.
3: My apologies. The yeah. people were just like, oh, you guys are like pandering. Pandering and to the dude, black audience <laughs> by drinking 40s That's in the so park. That's racist. Whoa. I was like, that was a single malt scotch. <laughs> how dare you, <laughs> sir? <laughs> it's, just, it's 40s. What do you look like? <laughs> sorry, street urchins? <laughs> Excuse me? But no, now we have like presidential candidates. They're coming up. They're like, oh my God, I got to be... And we're just so like... So they're approaching you. They're approaching yeah. us. But it's just like, just because you're running doesn't mean you're going to be on the show. Okay. You know, so I mean, are
1: you definitely, do you want to interview every single person running? No, that sounds like a <laughs> lot. No, no, no.
3: that sounds like a lot. That's, <laughs> a, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's also, a lot. there's so many running, like it would really break my heart for us to go through a whole day of production and then someone's just like tracking with 0%. Yeah. De Blasio. Seriously. <laughs> 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 so you don't have to pick what candidates can be on your show.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes Uh, sense. But I mean, you did say, I saw in an interview, you said um, you don't want to allow yourself to be weaponized uh, to pander to people of color. So how do you, like avoid that when you're doing these segments well, you By, ask like the cutting
2: people, them like not cutting them off but like yo dude you're not gonna come up here and and just spit your talking points that you've yeah. been spitting on every other show you're coming into our world, yeah. world now right and no, like, and also if, you like, like hang, if you just start pandering yeah. we look at you weird because we're also we're not stupid <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if you
3: come to me you start talking to me about like. Black rates of uh, incarceration, and we're at Mama Sushi. I'm like, fam, fam. We're, talk- <laughs> we're, we're smoking, smoking hookah, hookah right? we're and smoking drinking sushi.
2: Dominican <laughs> Asian fusion food.
3: Like no one, no one brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> okay right the you know, so one like, that runs
2: this place has no <laughs> interest in this whatsoever you know what I mean like, and it's yeah.
3: also there has to be an authenticity like some we the people on the campaign usually watch the show Yeah. so they let the candidate know or sometimes like, the candidate is, what... is aware you can yeah. tell when someone does not know us so you know like we check what candidates we see and also if a candidate is like really out there they're not gonna be on our show like yeah.
1: can you preview anyone who's coming up
3: we're taking Howard Schultz back to his old projects yeah. to see if he still has street cred
2: yeah we're gonna make him sell crack for oh, two hours straight <laughs> And you, see what he does. You run a Starbucks, but can you get these krills? Off? You know what I'm saying? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gave up. Did he give up? I haven't heard He's about it. He
3: didn't give up, but like if you're rich running for president, it's like a hobby. Like you yeah, just tend, it's like a it's like a, a like a zen garden. You just tend to it every now and then. Yeah. It's just well, like, you like just hey. rake it. You <laughs> know, like, okay, you know, okay, know? This is cool. All I know, right. you've got five minutes in my schedule. That's that's little presser. Little bon- a that's still a bonsai tree.
1: <laughs> so you do want to do more, but
3: we do want to do more. And uh, you know, like we got to have the big ones. We got to have Elizabeth Warren on. We want to have Kamala
2: on, all that.
1: Yeah. Gonna have all, all the, big, all the yeah. big ones,
2: big names. But like you said, like it's 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 now it's like the the college tournament where it's like the it's like the full bracket right now. Yeah. Like We're not even down to the Sweet Sixteen yet. Like yeah. We gotta chill because like we might have some like you said somebody like De Blasio who's tracking like literally zero. Yeah. Like everywhere, it's like what's the point of even having you on, my Right. Guy? Like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, so he
3: can't be on because I'm half
1: woodchuck and you know what he did. Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: That's right. It's a murder. Remember Yeah, Yeah. <laughs>
1: How would you guys describe your dynamic as interviewers?
3: Um, probably the best interviewers TV has ever yeah. seen since Walter Cronkite. Yeah. And <laughs> I say that with no hyperbole. No, it's just uh, when we interview people. And yes, we have researchers that, you know, give us information packs and we kind of just take them and fling them and yeah. don't read them because it's better to like it's just talking to someone. And yeah. It's just like, yo, you're famous why yeah like it, yeah. and the questions we ask aren't necessary questions other people would ask because like what are you working on like what what scripts are you looking at right now what was it like working on a set of black panther and we're just like yo fam you've been on this <laughs> press run for 12 months what question are you sick of yeah <laughs> do, you, do you ever want to do the wakanda forever salute because every time <laughs> i see you do it you're grimacing yeah. like it's like wild. you know just questions like that like yeah. what do you do when you're on vacation like what was what's the brokest you've ever been and sometimes you yeah, ask people exactly. these questions and you can just see like their their mind breaks because they're ready for every question right. except for these yeah. and they're just like yo i haven't even thought about that i haven't thought about years. that in 25 years <laughs> when i was broke yeah. yeah like
2: i'm I'm whoopi goldberg i haven't been broke for 40 years like yeah. I, i'm trying to remember you know what i mean so like those types of things like you know what's the first thing like when did you know that this was going to be your career you know what i mean like if like it's like we're in an Uber pool and this famous person, saying, about even Uber though means. you're not supposed to talk in <laughs> Uber <laughs> pool, pretend not? we're those no. guys in the Uber pool on either side of you who are asking you about questions. Life, you know what I mean?
1: So then it can, you, you just have to be ready for it to be awkward, but. Yeah. yeah it yeah. can be
3: awkward. I don't think the awkwardness, the, on the last show, the close proximity of the interview, because we're all at that table. Yeah. There's a certain, you know, there's. Why, in that person Why
1: do you guys do that all at one side of the table thing? Because like it does seem uncomfortable. Like you
2: it, know, should, it, it should. It should. It should feel that's uncomfortable. That's what it is. But like that's how you can tell who's who's comfortable with us and who's not yeah because it's like it's easy to just be like so hey you know like this guy on the couch at the <laughs> desk i'm on the couch just chilling blah, yeah blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but when you got to talk when you got to be like hey you know yeah, yeah i'm answering your question oh you got a question oh yeah, yeah. and you, you know you got to kind of be engaged you know, and keep your head on a swivel. And it's different
3: because you know? no other talk show does yeah. it. Like every other, you know, we go on talk shows all the time, and it's just like you got the couch and you just chill, and you get really comfortable and laid back. But this is just like, yo, <laughs> is this an interrogation? And if it's not going well, you can kind of, you can kind of see in the beginning there's like an initial hesitation. Yeah. But then if you watch their everyone's body they language, you can see that moment where they relax yeah. and like they might reach out and touch us or might yeah. lean into us, and that's when they're comfortable. And that it goes from being awkward to being kind of intimate. Yeah. yeah. And then people will open up and tell you things they wouldn't tell any other interviewers. Yeah.
1: That's an that's a good point. I guess, you know, I guess it always did seem like uh it was intentional on your end, but you know, that everyone was sitting so yeah. close but I couldn't tell why, but yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Makes, I mean like
2: I, 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 Anything as, it could be as simple as like, yo, if, if he says something or if I say something and the guest is like, yeah, word, and then we'd like do a <laughs> fist bump. It's like, boom, now we like have made physical contact. Yeah. Now you feel more comfortable. Yeah, right, like right. Uh, Neil you know deGrasse, DeGrasse Tyson, when he was on our show, like
3: he's grabbing us by the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was, he felt like, like our messing big messing with uncle. our hats yeah. and stuff. <laughs> like Eric
2: he, Holder took my chain off and put it yeah. on himself. Like... <laughs> You know, this is Eric Holder. Yeah. And then he got up and he's like, I'm these are my chains now. And he got up and he walked <laughs> off the set. Like and that was like a gag. You know what I mean? But it was hilarious. And, yeah. it, and you would not see that online C span or
3: At whatever. the end of every interview, you could just hunt people are just like, Oh, it's over already because they wanna just hang out and yeah. no yeah. one's ever like demiking and rushing <laughs> to get out there. It was like that was so much fun. Right. Yeah.
1: In terms of being on Showtime, I've noticed, you know, like you guys now talk a little bit more about like you'll watch the boxing clips Mm -hmm. or you have, you know, people from Showtime shows. Like what is the give and take? Obviously, it's good to be on a big platform, but is there some obligation at this point to feel like it's
3: not obligation? It's actually better because. We couldn't use those boxing clips on another network because they are Showtime's yeah. property. And then we now we have because the show all the companies under Showtime clearing clips is not an issue. Okay. So we have so much more content. And then Showtime is not corny. They're not like, "Hey, be really nice if uh, someone from the shy was on tonight." It's yeah. like uh-huh. we'd be like, oh, "Yeah, that'd be nice," but it's not happening. But, yeah. but it's always an organic thing. Also, if they just forced someone on and we didn't know, it would just be if they if I was like, "Hey, so you're Ray Donovan." <laughs> is, is there a Miss Donovan? Uh, yeah, you know, like that okay. would that wouldn't work. So it's always organic, T- and T- it's just. Ray Ray and then there's people we we naturally rock right. with. The, everyone from the shy like Lena's the homie,
2: and like yeah. so people like yeah. that. That's These are people even, we we're engaged with before, right. Like You know, and people that we wanted to talk to, like John Cheadle, right. Regina Hall, right? So it that's just so not happens even, that they are yeah, also with Showtime. That's yeah, not exactly. even yeah.
3: That's not even like through Showtime. Most times it's like us hitting up those people directly, and yeah. then Showtime is like, yo, you guys should have went. They're like, Regina's gonna like you should have went through us. We're like, no, like she's just pulling. Up, so it there's no obligation, it's not like yo, it's just promo tonight. Yeah, Yeah.
1: are you guys gonna talk to Russell Crowe because he's got a Showtime show coming up? I would love to see that interview.
2: Sure, (laughs) why not? (laughs) Why not? Just bring an acoustic guitar, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? What's the name of these guys? Like a band called like a thousand (laughs) monsters or something? I'll find out during the interview.
1: (laughs) I saw in Ad Week, you recently, one of you said, or both of you said, that you're um, now when you shoot the show here, you're less drunk or high than you were in Viceland. So mm. discuss that decision. And then. Um,
3: you know how- what? It wasn't like we were we were joking and it's, it's gotten t- taken way out of context. So <laughs> <laughs> it's acting exactly like we're just. Like, Counting fifths of gin for I yeah, 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 can't take it. Like,
2: we're coal, work, coal miners. Like, I gotta check <laughs> <drink> my Wild <laughs> Irish my eye opener. Yeah. No,
3: you know what? We shoot very early in the morning. Yeah. Super early in the morning. So I think sometimes people think we're just, like, super drunk. It's like, nah, we're just a little tired. You're tired. So, no, like, but you see, we'll, like, drink beer and stuff. Yeah. But it's not like we're running through,
2: like, 12 six-packs. It's, like,
3: yeah. it's like one beer or, like, a sip of a gal. Yeah. It's like.
2: The ha- the heaviest drinking that has been done on the show was when we did the old-fashioned review. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah.
3: Which, that was it. Yeah, that yes. was that, that. one was like, whoa! <laughs> that was a bad Jim bean.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like when you guys do taste tests. Like you tested that
3: the like four hundred dollar oh, the, coffee, coffee or yeah. whatever,
1: and you put all the cream in yeah. it. You know, what? I
3: like it too. But then also being the EP of the show, I'm just like, how much does this cost? Are we don't oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see this in the spreadsheet. Who cleared this? Fair. I was like two hundred dollars for a
2: sex toy feet. Mm, <laughs> someone's getting fired. <laughs> mm, props. <laughs> Do you have any leftover sex toy feet? From, from the mean, last show. <laughs> I, mean, <yes. laughs> I missed Uh-oh. the sex
1: toy feet, but I'm now really excited to go look yeah, that up. It was something. Um, so, one of the things that we ask everybody on our show is what's the first TV show you remember loving and why?
2: Mm. Ooh, good one. Ooh, um,
3: for probably me. Sesame Street. Yeah. It's probably Sesame Street. Just because of all the characters, and then they lived on a block that looked exactly like my block in the Bronx, and the Mr. Hooper store was like the bodega near me, and just like all the, it was such a wholesome, it was like back, you could just leave a kid in front of TV, and you'd learn like letters and little songs, and it was TV for kids. And you know, just having like a show that was like, yo, I'm a kid, but this is for me. This is not that boring news stuff that you guys watch. So I always remember Sesame, and it, it it still holds up. Like when my nephew watched Sesame Street, I'm like, wow, this is still good tv
1: it is did you have a favorite character
3: i liked uh maria and uh her husband they because maria kind of looked like my mother
1: okay so i was just like oh it's my mom oh that's sweet it's
2: it's like a little problematic (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even gonna lie for me it was sabado gigante you know what i'm saying with don francisco that was like appointment viewing in my household like my grandmother my aunts, my mom, my dad, everybody. We would sit around the TV and watch it because it's a variety show. Yeah. So there's like comedy skits, there's a musical act, there's like you know the, that karaoke weird thing that yeah. Don would yeah. do where you wear a weird hat. Is that <laughs> the one with and the like, tiger and the, yeah, and the guy that comes and he plays the guys off like you know? <laughs> And like that was like to me, I was like, "Yo, this show has everything." Yeah, you know what I mean. And then my cousins would make me watch like scary movies and shit like that. I used but. to watch Sabago Gigante and not know Spanish. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah. <laughs> and and t- to the con- the the inverse of that is that I used to watch Prices Right with my grandma. Oh she yeah, Prices Right. Of, she would speak a lick of English. She knew the word stupid. So she, <laughs> so like when people would bid like eight hundred dollars on a stuff, she'd be like, "Stupid, stupid, stupid. stupid. Let no down." <laughs> Mm-hmm. What's your
1: favorite Prices Right game?
2: Oh, the, uh, the minor... Oh, you're late, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <late>, <laughs> to me, it's a little, the little clinky thing because it's, like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, oh. clinko. It's like, We actually were
3: watching Prices Right the other day while we were getting ready for the show, and the prices on there aren't so right. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think Comet Cleanser is twenty six dollars. Yeah. but yeah. You know if that's what you want to bid on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like Do a gallon you? of milk so it was like four hundred dollars. Like what? And then the next price was like four hundred and one dollars. Yeah like eh? Yeah, got me
1: <laughs> that's such a dick move the one dollar yeah, the, $1 and the thing, other person's yeah. like yo you serious i'm right here yo
2: wow dog there's no barrier in between us i can just punch you in the neck right now <laughs> in front of you carry oh
1: man i miss bob burker but yes um and last question what, what's the last show you binge watched
3: um Succession Ozark. on hbo Okay. That show is so good. Oh my God. And it's like it started and I was like, this is some boring political drama. And it's like, no, it's just like a dark comedy. I can't wait for it to come back. Yeah. And it has one of the greatest theme songs on TV right now. And that family is a mess. <laughs> that fa- I'm watching it like, yo, what is going to happen next? It's so well done. And I mean, for a
2: show not on Showtime. Right. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Precisely.
1: Same. Uh, and, you have Ozarks?
2: Ozarks. Oh, yeah. Because I always looked at uh, Jerry. What's his last name?
1: Jason Bateman?
2: Jason Bateman. Why do I call him <laughs> Jerry Bateman? What the fuck is wrong with me? That's Jason one Bateman that didn't has. Always, make it. Like, yeah, Jason Bateman to me has always been like a development <laughs> funny right. guy or whatever. And There's to see him spoons. like Yeah, to see them take that dramatic turn and the show was just so wild. Like, you know what I mean? Like so much wild shit happened. And I like me and my wife were immediately glued to that shit. And we like binge watch, we would watch like four or five episodes in a row. Yeah. Also, I want to give special
3: credit to uh there was a zombie like zombie show on Netflix I watched a couple weeks ago called Black Summer, oh. and I watched the whole series in one night. How and many episodes was it? It was like eight episodes, and wow. it was that good. It kind of fell apart towards the end, but <laughs> it was it was really, and it was like, there's no advertising for it. Yeah. But it was one of those creepy things where Netflix was like, hey, this 100% matches your profile. And you're like, how? 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 Well, I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, all right. And at the end, I was like, Thank you, wow. Netflix Overlord. <laughs> what next do you want me to watch? Yeah,
1: the, the algorithm knows. They know. So, yeah.
3: They know. And it could get embarrassing. Sometimes your friends come over yeah. and be like, oh, yeah,
1: you really like the Japanese
3: rom-coms. I'm like, ah, no, no, no. No, 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 I mean, no, nah, no, nah, nah. My sister yeah. uses yeah, my login. We're sharing the login.
1: You guys, thank you so much. This has been such a delight. Thank you. I don't know how many like middle-aged white lady fans you have. Probably a lot, actually. You know what? We
0: have
3: no
2: idea. Well, we went on The View. Yo.
1: Like, I love these guys. I love them. Oh my god!
2: People come like, pe- uh, moms come with their kids to our live shows. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's been situations where it's like, Yo, my daughter is 19, my son is 19. They really love you. We started watching together. We bond over you. Or people like come married like, couples, like, oh, like my everything. parents
3: love the, my parents love your show. Can I take a picture and send it to them? Or they send us a, they send us like a text and they're like, Hey, do you know about Jesus and Meryl? Those are my guys. And it's like says <laughs> mom at the top. And you're like, Oh. Yeah. No.
1: Like, oh, that's so cute! Yeah. What do you think uh, makes your appeal so cross generational? I think
3: we are very earnest and authentic, and yeah. you just seem like we're having a good time, and people watching it kind of right. it kind of radiates through yeah. the TV. Yeah. Like you, also, like if you if, if you're in a it. bad mood, you watch us, and you're just like, I feel better. And yeah. those guys, they we're harmless. Yeah. You know, we're just <laughs> we we are we're a little we're a little you know a little raunchy, but we're not offensive for the sake of being offensive. Right. So you're it, you're ne- we're never gonna turn it on and be like, wow, I can't believe they said that. It's just like we're just like kind of like classic. Clowns, just you know, just chuckling through life. Yeah,
2: and and if you peel back the the like the Bronx layer. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's relatable it's shit every at the man. end of the day, yeah. yeah. Like you know what I mean? We're complaining about like prices of coffee or like you know like go get into work on time Right. And, like shit like that. Like yo, all oh, my kids did this thing. Oh my god! Well, the terrible
3: ter- the terrible food in first class. You know, that's know what, what I mean? Not really relatable, but that's but our problem. It also, right it I mean. also is <laughs> you, know, you know, know like a little beef Wellington is not what I really. want for breakfast. But <laughs> <I don't> that's <laughs> neither here nor
2: there. Oh, cold crab salad at eight again. a.m. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> you yeah, were talking it. To
3: you, you tonight, did
1: well thank you so much i really enjoyed it thanks for having us that'll do it for this week's episode of best of shows if you like what you hear give us a rating and subscribe at apple podcasts stitcher google play radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts if you don't like it or just want to talk tv tweet at us i'm at Kristen g baldwin and my partner in crime is at darren franich let us know what you think until next week i should have a catchphrase but i don't so bye